from the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Everybody, welcome back to Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. Sean Sobon here with RTR, and that would be Russell the Runner. Russell, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sean. Oh, that's great to hear, Russell. It's been a little while since we've sat down and, and recorded, and i got to be honest with you. If, uh, we've relocated my office in the house, so things are in kind of disarray here on my desk. I actually had to like clear off a whole bunch of stuff and open up my laptop. I don't even remember the last time it was that it was in front of this computer, so... <laughs> Here we go. Anyhow, um, we are going to discuss, um, well, I guess it's not so recent now, but I guess relatively recent, uh, an ultra marathon you ran was the FAR. And um, we're going to talk about that. But first, just want to start off on a bit of a, a somber note here. Um, if you're you know, part of the running community, you hear things, especially local to here, you would have heard of the sad news that Paul Hannum uh, passed away running the Five Peaks Trail Running Series at Albion Hills. It was a he collapsed during the race. It was um, pretty sad. These things, you know, um, happen from time to time with athletes. You hear about, you know, even young athletes, hockey players, things like that, where they just collapse and they're relatively healthy people. Um, so just want to sh- share that with everybody. And, and uh, it, it's pretty sad and it's quite tragic. He was a, a big person in the medical community and helped a lot of people. So our condolences to him and his family and his colleagues and, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. Had you heard about that, Russell? I saw that you had, you had shared an article regarding Paul, and that, that couldn't be more tragic. Um, sending my most sincere condolences to his family and everyone that, that knew him and to the running community. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's uh it's pretty close to home too right so it's it's right in our own backyard really albion hills isn't too far away from where i live actually so you know i've been out there a few times anyhow um moving moving on it's uh it's it's great to have you back russell and again you ran the far so i know it's kind of a weird way they spell it it's an acronym right so run us through that real and this was the first first annual that's correct. It is an acronym in which it stands for the first annual We Ultra Run. But for this year, it was actually volume five. So even though the acronym stands for first annual We Ultra Run, it was volume five of the FAR. So the fifth year it's occurred, even though it starts with first annual We Ultra Run. Casey uh, Thibiurge created this beautiful event in which Normal uh, human beings can can uh, come to the far and 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 journey there and and test their potential at the event. So it's a 103.6 mile route around Essex County, and you have 40 hours to do it um, to be a one chunk finisher. Uh, there are many other incredible people who did it in multiple chunks or in two chunks um, in which that would be over 40 hours or throughout multiple days. And it's this incredible community event that Casey 
created and that I had the pleasure of being invited by my amazing friend, Dale, uh, to this event. Okay. Okay. So I didn't realize it was the, uh, the fifth volume, if you will. So that kind of clarifies some things. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, so you had mentioned people had done it in chunks. It's really cool to be able to have that option. So, you know, be a finisher, um, of the race. So the ones that had done it like that, would they have just gone out and run, you know, eight hours on a day, kind of call it a day, go back and then pick up where they left off kind of deal. Is that what they did? Yes. So one of the challenges in doing it in multiple chunks, uh, in order to be an official finisher of the FAR, you must do the exact route that Casey created around Essex County. And so, for example, if a runner did the first 20 miles on one day, they would need to re return to the same exact spot. They'd need to get a ride or some sort of means of transportation to that exact spot where they finished uh, originally in the first 20 miles or however many miles they covered. And they continued to go around the route um, accordingly. Okay. And um, does the route vary from year to year? Do you know, or is it the same route all the time? It's the same route every year. The difference year to year is that one year it's clockwise and the next year it's counterclockwise. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Two very different routes, I guess. I know when I'm on a trail, sometimes you go in the opposite direction. It feels like you're in a completely different area. Um, was this your first year running the FAR? Yes, that's correct. My first time participating in this special event called the FAR. Okay. How did you learn about it? So through my ultra running amazing friend, Dale, Okay. he grew up in Essex County and he invited me to this event. Okay. Um, so leading up to the FAR, um, did you train specifically for it or did you just continue running your regular long runs that you usually do? I didn't do too much specific specificity for this event. I mainly focused on trail running because Fat Dog, as we're going to speak about later, is uh, coming up in which I wanted to get as much training for trail as I could this year. Um, albeit I obviously did some rail trail runs, which are flat runs in which the FAR is a flat uh, event on concrete. And so the rail trail runs were useful. And as you know, in previous years, I've done long ultra marathons on road. So I knew I had some background going into the event from those previous 100K or 110K ultra marathons that I did in 2020 and 2021. Okay. Now the far, was this your, this was your biggest run to date. Is that correct? 103 point somewhat miles. Yes, that's correct. Okay. 105 miles because I actually made a wrong turn that made the route 1.4 miles extra. So that was difficult. <laughs> so are you the, are you first place in the 105 mile category then? Uh, second place. So Brian, somebody, somebody else did 105 miles. Well, so I, I think I think everyone else did the proper route. I just made one wrong turn and had to cover extra ground from the wrong turn. Um, yeah. So Brian Bondi won the FAR in first place. He finished in 21 hours and 40-some minutes. So oh, he wow. was uh, incredible. 
And uh, yeah, I finished in second place, but it wasn't about a place or a finish. It was all about pursuing the potential of running a hundred miles or in this case, 105 miles and to see if I could do it. Yeah. Well, you certainly did do it and uh, congratulations on a second place finish. That's, that's pretty amazing, Russell. Um, with this being your biggest run to date, how did your body hold up, especially, you know, being on, on concrete? My body held up well. I would say physically it was less, less difficult than mentally. There were some difficult challenges mentally, even as early as miles 35 to 41, or that's kilometers 56 to 65, roughly. Those were actually some difficult miles, and I even needed to take some walking breaks in there because uh, one of my friends who I was running with during the FAR, he was explaining to me that the heat radiates off the pavement in a way that makes it much more heated and and just ridiculously more hot than it actually is so for example on the day it was 22 degrees but based on the heat radiating off the pavement it felt like mid 30s and so that made it very difficult mentally and thankfully my body held up very well physically throughout the journey but it was a lot of mental convincing especially for miles 72 and on that was uh so mile 72 was about kilometer 115 which was at the time the the furthest I had ever run and at that point I was very much so wanting to give in and to quit um in fact I was planning on it but there there were some incredible so Casey calls them road angels out there on the road and they, uh, so they're just, you never know when you're going to see them. So when you do see them, that makes it incredibly special. And there was this incredible guy who's definitely my friend now, his name's Dan. And he supported me very much so at mile 72, as well as a few different times throughout the journey in which he gave me Tylenol, Coke, so many fluids, endless watermelons, and he cleared my headache at mile 72 and I was also feeling bloated. I had some chocolate milk around kilometer 90 or mile 55 and that was a poor decision. I'm never going to have dairy in an ultra ever again. I was thinking it would be good protein but it didn't work out that way. It just led to me being bloated and Thankfully, Dan was there to the rescue. And as I left him after all of his incredible help at mile 72, he said, you know, if you end up feeling good, you could always just keep going. And I, I left there and from his help and the Tylenol and all the fuel, I was able to find something in myself to carry on. Oh, wow, Russell, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty remarkable. So um, Dan was, he was, he was stationed at a particular spot waiting for you guys to, to come on through and, yes. and here comes Russell yes. in, in all kinds of hurt and pain and bloat from the chocolate milk. And yes, he helped huge. You I was so bloated and my head was just mentally fried from the exhaustion of the heat all day. Yeah. Uh, at that point it was 9 PM. Okay. And clearly I had run 116 kilometers. So it was very difficult, um, and he he saved me. I 
there was so much luck involved that he happened to be there then because it wasn't going well at all. Oh, wow. So how much, how much like a uh, watermelon did you crush? <laughs> I think, well, so throughout the far, I had at least 30 pieces of watermelon all from Dan. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. So when, when you were with Dan, you stayed stationary there and kind of took a break, right? Yes. So I sat down, he, on a few occasions, he set up a lawn chair for me and he put his cooler in front of the lawn chair for me to put my legs up. And he took care of me with all of that fuel and, and specifically with the Tylenol at mile 72. Do you, do you remember how long of a break you, you took? So all in all, I, I covered the 105 miles or 169 kilometers in just under 20 hours which is uh, just over a seven minute per kilometer pace, which I was shocked by. And it showed on my Strava that the stop time, so I did the math, the stop time was three and a half hours. So I was stopped for quite a bit of the journey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was nearly 20 hours moving time and three and a half hours stop time for 23 hours and 26 minutes total. I left the beaver on Saturday morning. So there, one, one, one tradition of the far is so on Casey's property there, he places a beaver on a wooden stool that looks like a, a tree stump. Okay. <laughs> and on Saturday morning at 5.02 AM, I, so everyone pets the beaver that participates in the far before heading out. And at 5.02 a.m., I went up to the beaver and I internally told myself, I'm going to do everything I can to get back to you and I'll get back to you. And then leaving that beaver, I just, I looked at it and I just visualized getting back to it. And so it sounds kind of funny, but it's also incredibly special. And so mm -hmm. The next day at 4.30 a.m. after 23 hours and 26 minutes of being on my feet or some of that in a chair, <laughs> thanks to Dan, I made it back to the beaver after 169 kilometers. Wow. What was that moment like when you were approaching that beaver again for the second time and just knowing you were going to fulfill the promise you made to yourself? I, it's hard to put into words. I couldn't believe it. I even reaching a hundred, a hundred miles, five miles earlier. I remember sprinting into a hundred miles on the dot and just the most incredible experience came over my body an experience that I, you can never recreate or, um, it was, it was beyond special. And then getting back to the beaver to actually see that I had followed through on my commitment to get back it was beyond special and there are no words per se to describe the magnitude of that moment and what it meant in my life. Awesome. Russell, very proud of you, man. Very proud of you. It's uh, it's, 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 it's remarkable to watch your journey. And I know when we first met and, you know, we started talking and I was just astonished about how well your running was going and, you know, with, with the pumpkin 10 K and running that with, you know, with 
holding a pumpkin in your hands for 10 kilometers and finishing and doing an incredible time. I knew like you have a very high ceiling and I don't think, I still don't think you've hit it yet. And I don't think you believe you've hit that ceiling yet because you know, you keep pushing, pushing your limits and uh, it's pretty amazing. So I wanted, I have two questions um, right now for you. So first question is pertaining to the break you took with Dan. Um, How hard was it for you to get going again once you had taken that break you know, and, and kind of relieved yourself from the suffering that you're experiencing at that point, you know, have the time all kind of get the watermelon and actually like sitting down and putting your feet up. How hard was it for you to get back up on your feet and start running again? So without Dan's incredible help, he raised my spirit so much that it made it so much easier and feasible for me to get back on my feet and to continue on through his beyond incredible help and support. He helped me to find some positivity at the time to continue. And so getting back on my feet, it felt physically fine despite sitting for, I believe it it must've been anywhere between five to 10 minutes at that time. And uh, thankfully, my legs held up okay, despite that decent break. And I was able to find my running legs under me after getting up after that. And when he said, you know, if you end up feeling good again, you could just keep going. Uh, Because we had discussed him coming to pick me up in the road, down the road on actually it was quite interesting i was running along highway 77 and then it had become dark so there was also safety considered in that i had my headlight obviously and so you would have loved to see it sean and i'm sure everyone who's listening to this would have loved to see me running on the side of highway 77 in the dark with my headlight and Yeah, so I mean, to answer your question specifically, somehow I found my legs under me after that. And through Dan's incredible support, it helped me to find some positivity at the time, even though I was still facing doubts. But in that next one to two miles after leaving Dan, I I found something in my legs and my spirit that I can keep doing this and I can I can keep going. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh that had to be pretty hard. I just imagine, you know, sitting down and, and just thinking you have to get back up and you still have quite a distance to cover at that point too. And Yes. At that time, there was over 50 kilometers left, 33 miles. So it was roughly 53 kilometers left at that point. It was incredibly daunting. Still a lot. Still a lot. Is Highway 77, like I'm not familiar with Essex County. Is it is it like a two-laner? Is it is it a pretty big highway? It's a two-lane. I, I believe at times a three-lane. I believe on one side there ends up being it's mostly two-lane though. And you you need to be very careful. So while I was running up, it's actually interesting. So in the far event, there's uh at that point where you reach Highway 77, you have the actually the option of choosing between going all the way up on Highway 77 or taking a rail trail from miles 72 to 85, roughly. I, I decided to stick with the highway for whatever reason. I, I believe I just wanted to keep going straight. 
And you do have to veer off a little bit to the rail trail, but so it's interesting, Farr calls it the two soul crusher options. So it's interesting. So on even years like this year, when we're going the counterclockwise direction, it's obviously very soul crushing from mile 70 to 85. But so for next year, while we're doing this from mile 15 to 30, roughly, it'll be far less soul crushing. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a two lane, I believe at times three-way, three lane highway. Okay. Okay, cool. Just didn't, I wasn't familiar with it. So uh, the other question I had um, was this, okay, without thinking about the chocolate milk, because you already said you'd never have dairy again in an ultra, which I think is probably a pretty good idea. Um, if you could go back and do this race again, what would you change? I would try to change the time stopped. I, I would like to see in hindsight, I don't regret anything. Uh, I'm very happy just that I am in, eternally grateful that I finished 100 miles or in this case, 105 miles. I But next time, now that I know that I have the ability to cover this distance, I'm very curious how efficiently I'm able to do it. I suppose this is how ultra running goes, right? It's you have your different stages. Um, so that stage for me was seeing that I'm capable of covering the distance, which I still can't believe I'm, I'm capable and that I actually did it even nearly two months later, I'm still in shock. Uh, but now the next phase will be seeing how efficiently I'm able to cover that distance in which I do believe that I can cover it more efficiently. I learned some things along the way. I definitely carried too much at times. And uh, if I carry less, uh, then I should be able to be more efficient next time around. But with that being said, it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't about efficiency or anything like that this time around. And I'm just incredibly grateful and uh, and and endlessly grateful for the experience and the journey. Awesome. Great answer, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned that you were, you know, maybe carrying a little bit too much uh, on your person when you were running. So for those that are listening and maybe have never run an ultra, or it might be thinking about running an ultra. Um, I'd like you to share with us things that you might take for granted because you're an experienced ultra runner now, right? You run quite a few of them. Um, what are things that you might take for granted that people who haven't run ultras yet or are just kind of getting into it should, should think about and then prepare for and take with them things like that? So, I mean, fluids are always of the most critical importance, especially in the summertime. One thing that I don't at all regret about this journey. I mean, I don't regret anything, but specifically I carried a lot of fluids, probably too much, but given how it was the first weekend of June and apparently Windsor is the equivalent to Northern California, I was so paranoid about becoming dehydrated and that would end everything. So I would, I, I would recommend to everyone, especially during summer runs, but during all runs that you stay well stocked on your fluids. It's very important to know 
your body and what will work for you nutritionally throughout an event. Clearly there's the chocolate milk example. Now I've learned that doesn't work for me. Perhaps it, it'll work for you. But so you need to figure out your nutrition plan and what will work for you to get calories in your body and sustain the ultra running experience for hours on end. That would be my my biggest recommendations. And never take for granted all of the amazing people and always be incredibly appreciative of the amazing people who help you in your journey. I, I owe a lot to my family, to my most amazing friend, Dale, who the day before this journey, I was beyond terrified that I wasn't going to be able to do this actually the day before. And Dale, not just on that day, but throughout all of this year, him being the amazing friend that he is, he helped me to believe in the end that I can do this. And so put people in your corner who believe in you and who want to see the absolute best for you and for you to realize your potential and be patient in the journey. I mean, my, my journey has only been for four years now, coming up on four years on the dot, actually, this it, this coming August in running. But so I started with a 5k and you work your way up progressively. Um, so then eventually I worked up to 50k, then to 70k, then to 100k. And I think what you realize after 100k is that it, it is mainly a mental sport that you, you always need to be strong mentally. I mean, even for some people doing 5k may be a, a big mental challenge. And I've seen people finish their first 5k's and that's incredible and beautiful and how much they overcome mentally during that. But so figuring out what your capabilities are, um, that, that, that should be part of your journey and, and, and figuring out what you're able to do. Awesome. Russell, appreciate the insight there, buddy. That's, that's pretty, pretty good knowledge right there from the guy who does it all. <laughs> oh, thank you. Of course, so, so listen, let's, uh, let's, let's end our conversation there. And, uh, in our next episode, we will be talking about the fat dog, your upcoming, your upcoming run. And that's going to be something completely different than far, but, uh, for those who might be interested in learning about far, uh, we'll put the website in the show notes. And if they have any questions, they can contact you, Russell, the runner on Instagram. They can message you through there um, or they can just you can email the show to uh, trailtalesarp at gmail.com. And uh, we'll certainly get back to you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well. Trail Tales. It's actually no, it's trail underscore tales underscore ARP on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there, buddy. So, Russell, till next time, buddy, run wild. And that brings us to the end of another great episode of Trail Tales ARP. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. I'm Sean Sobon. And I'm Russell the Runner. If you'd like to support the show, we'd greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast from. And we really do appreciate the time and commitment you take to join us on every episode. Uh, you can also email us at trailtales arp at gmail.com follow us on instagram at trail underscore tales underscore arp and we will see you next week see you next time and run wild